All right, I think we're live. This is great. How's everybody doing today? Today it is Monday, September 27th, 2021. 2019-84. How's everybody doing? All right, let's get rocking here. Good to see you all. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. All right, so first part of today's show, I'll go through a couple announcements and uh, we're going to get a little bit philosophical. Some deep thinking going to be happening today on the show. I'm going to be breaking down uh, some stuff I was posting on my social media. I got some feedback about it. I was happy to see everybody was talking about it, debating it, thinking about it. It inspired some people and triggered other people, but that's what good deep thinking does, right? So uh, strap yourselves in for that. We're going to talk about why the middle ground in a certain context that I'm going to roll out for you is always evil. The middle, the choice between right and wrong, good and good and evil, the middle ground is where the worst of it happens. And I'll explain that to you so you understand what I mean when I'm talking about that stuff. And then in the second part, we'll chat, we'll go through some news and just sort of talk about all the craziness going on and we'll, uh, we'll keep it positive. So that way we don't get into any kind of, uh, fear mindsets or anything like that. Akira 81. Can't wait to argue in the comments. Go right ahead, Akira. Feel free to argue. Feel free to debate. Just be respectful and don't be a dick. That's the rules. Okay. Well, do whatever you want, but that's my recommendation. Um, okay. What's the, what's the announcements here? Originally. Oh, so for people just joining in, welcome. Hope you're all doing well. Let me check, make sure all these uh, systems are rocking and rolling, which they are. Hello over on the foxhole. Oh, mute that. I was just over watching some uncensored Abe on the foxhole. I, I wanted to jump in earlier, but I caught only the few minutes there. So uh, I think he's still rocking and rolling. We got some really great hosts over at the foxhole and an even better crowd. The chat is always just amazing. So hello to all you amazing people. Hope everybody can hear me okay. And what are we going to do? So announcements. Uh, I hope you've been following this series, guys. I'm going to keep talking about it. It's Cult of the Medics. Cultofthemedics.com. Uh, had a bit of an issue. I had set up a YouTube channel that was alternate. And I had the trailer for the series on there. I It got pretty good traction. And then they banned me, as usual. Expected. But I always just like to do a test and see how long I can stay on the socialist media for before they kick me to the curb. Uh, so don't worry, I've got it on Vimeo. Vimeo isn't perfect either. Uh, but at least on Vimeo, you have the option to download it. So I made it easy for you to download the trailer and both of the chapters. And it'll be the same with all of the chapters that are going to be coming out. I want this publicly accessible, so feel free to take it, uh, making shorter clips of certain parts of it so that it's easier to send out. I think this will be really good tools for helping to wake up our friends and family, uh, something watchable, something easy to easy to understand. Hopefully <laughs> I did my best. There is some pretty advanced stuff in there and you know, I'm taking my best swing at it, but 
lots of good stuff coming your way. And I originally had announced that I would be releasing chapter three of Cult of the Medics on October 5th. However, I've got some good news for you. I was able to get it. Well, I'm not done yet, but I've gotten it to a point where I feel confident that I can get it ready by the first or the second, the latest. So I'm shooting for a 99% probability that chapter three will drop on October 1st, which is Friday. So that's the goal. That's the goal. Uh, we'll see what I can do. So stay tuned for more on that. What else was I going to tell you? Um, big shout out, lots of love to my amazing sponsor. We made an incredible website, truthwarriorswitch.com. And it's my attempt to fund my show, fund my research, my projects. I have a really, really good relationship with this company and these people. And um, also Starve the Beast. If you guys got, got to see the last interview that I did with Chris Fleck on Vanguard and just how pervasive these massive corporations and companies are, uh, we have to do, it's not going to be perfect because these people own everything, but uh, you do the best that you can to support small business, to find companies and products that align with your values, uh, doing the best you can. Nothing's perfect. Nothing ever is, but you do the best you can with what you got. And we do our best together to starve the beast. So that's why we made the website truthwarriorswitch.com. It simultaneously funds alternative media. And you are going to hear either it's different type. You're going to hear Patriot Switch. It's all the same. And you're going to hear a lot of alternative media hosts talking about it. That's a good thing because uh, this is going to be a way that we can keep alternative media afloat. And um, so I'm excited about that. And this show was one of the first. So you guys are awesome. So that's that. Those are the announcements. Uh, anything else? I don't really think so. So let me do this. I didn't announce this before on my show, but I'll just let you guys know that I do have a sort of hidden Facebook page that I've been working. Uh, and the reason I had it was literally just to uh, get one of my buddies was getting savagely attacked. And he's like, dude, I could use some backup. And so I decided to jump in there and give the man some backup. So I do have a little Facebook account. You can find me there. Yes, it is me. Uh, I posed a little bit on there just to, I don't know, Facebook is just living hell, but whatever. We got to fight the battle wherever it is. Um, so let's get into, and I'm going to pull that post up from Facebook because it's just, it's clear for you guys to see. But what are we talking about in today's show? The middle is always evil. We have to look at this um, from the context by which I'm using that. Okay, so let me define it. Um, well, before I define it, let me read the quote that got me in so much trouble. <laughs> uh, so here it is. Let me do this and let's read it. It comes from Miss Ayn Rand. And uh, sometimes just even mentioning her name is what gets you in trouble. Funny enough, usually by people that haven't really read much of what she had to say, let alone understood it. But hey, we all have our things. For I don't care if uh, you know somebody else said it. The point is, let's see if this resonates, okay? And let's go through it. Because I think this is very important to 
some of the uh, things that we're all experiencing right now when we're having these conversations with people, I'm seeing it. I'll flesh that out in a bit. I've had some recent conversations that inspired this, but here we go. This is the quote. Ayn Rand says, there are two sides to every issue. One side is right and the other is wrong, but the middle is always evil. The man who is wrong still retains some respect for truth, if only by accepting the responsibility of choice. But the man in the middle is the knave who blanks out the truth in order to pretend that no choice or values exist, who is willing to sit out the course of any battle, willing to cash in on the blood of the innocent or to crawl on his belly to the guilty, who dispenses justice by condemning both the robber and the robbed to jail who solves conflicts by ordering the thinker and the fool to meet each other halfway. In any compromise between food and poison, it is only death that can win. In any compromise between good and evil, it is only evil that can profit. In that transfusion of blood, which drains the good to feed the evil, the compromise is the transmitting rubber tube. So there you have it. There you have it. And you got to think deeply about it. And there's an interesting thing that when, if we say, which is why I named this show this, trying to trigger you, trigger you to think, the middle is always evil, a lot of people are going to default, understandably. So it's just, for me, a matter of hoping, hopefully we can explain this in the proper context. People will think, when you say the middle is always evil, and they'll start thinking, well, we need to find a way to compromise. We need to find a way to find middle ground. If we don't find any middle ground on anything, then um, you know, we're doomed to be in these extreme camps. And people tend because, and I think the reason why people think like this is because we we're trained to think in political terms. We're trained to think in political terms. Um, so we think, well, I mean, politically, wouldn't it be nice if the left-wing type people and the right-wing type people could have a conversation and we could all just get along. You know, if you think about it in terms of masculine and feminine, uh, we don't want to have a world of only men or a world of only women. We should have a world of both, right? You have a left and a right hemisphere of your brain, don't you? Uh, so we want to have a holistic way of thinking about things. But we're not really talking about that. We're talking in this quote, if you, if you listen carefully and if you read it a couple times and you really think about it, what is Rand pointing out here? In my opinion, this is really key because the middle is always evil in relation to truth versus untruth, good versus evil. And we're not, let me come back so I can, I'm going to go on a rant here. Okay. So, so just bear with me. Let's do this. And guys, give me your opinions in the chat. I'm not perfect. This is just what I'm thinking, okay? But look where we're at. We're being told that we have a worldwide pandemic that requires the shutting down of society, the destruction of small businesses, the eradication, it's not even the, it's like the eradication of human rights and specifically individual rights, the doing away with the right to private property, which of course right now it's manifesting as the right to the property, which is your body, that your body is yours to do with as you wish, so long as you don't harm anybody else, right? 
and they're going to try to catch you on a technicality, but we'll, we'll save that. Um, and so we're being told that the only way like Fauci and all these people have been telling us the only way out is this shot that everybody's getting. And we're seeing unbelievable repercussions for them releasing an experimental product like this and trying to force it down everybody's throats. We're seeing, well, we, the people paying attention are seeing it. The people that are watching the mainstream media are not seeing it, right? And so, and then all the other things, the election fraud, the stuff going on with Maricopa County, the stuff we're going to be experiencing in Canada as a result of our recent selection that we just had to suffer through. Um, and we see a lot of, a lot of evil happening in the world. A lot of people, uh, I, I can't believe what I'm seeing coming from people these days. We're seeing the worst of humanity, but we're also seeing the best of it. But what I want to focus on here is when we're talking about evil, what are we saying? If the middle ground is evil, what's evil? Well, evil is the anti-life. Evil is live spelled backwards. Evil is uh, actions that violate anything that is good, the destructive force, the force of, of theft, you know, stealing rather than earning, you know? So when we're having these discussions and I'm on social media and you're on social media and you're talking to your friends and they're talking to you and everybody's trying to baptize you into the cult of the medics right now and you're going, no, I don't want to do it. You're making a stand in the ground that says, here and no further. If you're out there making a stand and saying, you know what? I've heard enough. I've seen enough. I'm not going to comply with this tyranny. I'm not going to fall for this lie. Let's look at a lie. A lie, you can't say, you could say, that there could be truth seeded into the lie so that the lie becomes more palatable and you bite down on it and you consume it. And then all of a sudden you were like, oh damn, that was a lie. So the truth could be a disguise, like a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, right? That's a really good example. Those are the most effective lies. A flat out in your face, obvious to see kind of lie is not like that. It's not as effective. But a lie indicates to us that somebody is trying to tell us something that is not true, but they're trying to sell it to it to sell it to us as though it is true. So in that respect, there is no middle ground. Either the information being given to you by this mysterious person, I'm just using an example, is is either is true or it's not true. And even if you seed a lie with a little bit of truth to dress it up and make it easier for people to to digest, it still ends up being a lie. It's like what Rand was saying about poison. In any, you can't compromise when it comes to poison. If you're putting poison in food or in shots that are being injected into children and human beings all over the planet, there's no compromise with that. There's no middle ground like, well, maybe it's partially true and partially false. It either is or it isn't. So what Rand is pointing out, in my opinion, in this quote, and because I know her work well, I've read all her books, I've, I've, I've gone through it, 
Okay. No philosopher is perfect. And before everybody picks up their favorite philosophers, I think we should listen to a lot of them. These are great genius thinkers that brought a lot of really, really important ideas and good philosophers would go and critique other philosophers and challenge status quos and challenge the officialdom of the day. That's what a good philosopher was. So the vast, all the, all the philosophers you can list, the real thinkers, the real people that thought deeply and dedicated their lives to analyzing the problems in our society, the problems in our world, the problems in our psyche, they have always had to go up against the establishment and the crowd. And so they are always vilified. However, when you go back and listen to some of these people, they've come up with a lot of brilliant things and have ended up being correct. And for me, Ayn Rand has predicted a lot of the, the situation that we're in. Regardless of what you think about the total package or whatever, there were many things that she pointed to that we're living in right now. Her critiques of an overly altruistic ideology and in a specific way. And that's why you got to get into the nuances of what people mean when they're talking about certain things. In her philosophy, she's not against charity. She's not against, uh, she's just against, she's for freedom. She's for free will. She's against coercion. She's against forced altruism by the government who always is a wolf in sheep's clothing that you must always watch. The media, wolf in sheep's clothing, you always got to keep an eye on these people. We're getting a crash course in that right now. Just because the World Economic Forum, the UN agenda, the climate stuff, the, the gender equality, all this stuff, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing, not because of the issue. The issue can be debated and discussed amongst individuals, right? But when they try to put these things on entire societies and then build government policies and it's funded to the, to the max by people who are going to profit off of the solution that then gets presented by the people that have created the problem, told you the problem, and then give you the solution. That is the process by which you deceive entire nations, loot them blind, and enslave them. And that's where she was right. Because she watched it happen in the Soviet Union. You could go read some of the same stuff in Viktor Frankl's, Victor Frankl's work. You could read it in Solzhenitsyn's work. You could read it in Bruce Lee. It's the same thing. Socrates, same thing. It's nothing new under the sun. It's just sometimes these things, these ideas come out and people express them in a unique way to try to, what, what people like Ayn Rand were trying to do is warn the West, warn America about what was happening, about the fact that you were being sold a lie back in the 60s and 70s. It, that's where it all started in this modern context. It started well before, but in what she was trying to critique, it started and she noticed the naivety of America at that time because of the dumbing down of the education system, the media and the infiltration of all these wolves in sheep's clothing. And she saw it because she saw it in these other totalitarian countries as have many, I've spoken to many of my friends, Romania, Poland, etc., Venezuela, China, who've come over to say, I am mine. I'm awestruck at just how dumb you guys are, how you guys can't see this coming. You have no respect for history, no understanding of where you're going, and we're being led by the nose by our virtues. It's virtuous to want to help the poor and the sick and the needy and all of that. It's virtuous to want to help share. It's virtuous to want to do good. But there are very conniving, non-virtuous people who hate virtue because it gets in the way of their profit and their power and their control, 
and they find ways to sell you on their bad ideas by poisoning the pot with fake, inauthentic, charitable, altruistic aspirations when it ends up that it's nothing but or nothing like what they're trying to sell you. They'll say, oh, well, we want to build this global, socialist, altruist, kumbaya utopia that makes everybody equal when all the track records of history show that this ideology that we're all being told to bite down on globally has led to nothing but equality in misery and poverty. <laughs> That's where we end up being equal in the end of the day. So what's, what are we looking at? We're actually looking here at the principles found in nature. Nature is our greatest teacher. It's the canvas of the divine. So when we abandon those principles that are right there in front of us, and we don't build civilization and build a business or build a family or build principles based off that foundation of how the natural order works, and we, we go against that, we violate that, which is what these Frankenstein scientists are doing. And what these governments are doing, then what's the other great quote that Ayn Rand had said? You, you are free to avoid reality. You're free as a you, you, human consciousness is volitional, meaning you have free will. You are free to avoid and blind yourself from reality. However, you are not free to avoid the consequences of avoiding and facing reality. And aren't we getting a crash course in that? Because I'll tell you this, if these types of principles and these kind of awareness and this kind of education was given to our children and to our society, we would not be in this mess right now. It wouldn't have even got off the ground. If they tried this on previous generations, it wouldn't have even got off the ground. They softened us up to a specific degree where it would be easier for us to buy into it. And it was because they know how ignorant of history we are. So when I'm, the reason I'm inspired to talk about this principle today is that myself and my wife have both found ourselves in conversations with people that we know or people that we just met or just kind of eavesdropping or people telling us friends of theirs and they're where people just even related to this shot and everything going on with this whole pandemic, um, they are finding themselves in the middle, humming and hawing. Well, I think the media is 50% lies and 50% truth. And there's got to be some pluses in both columns of, these, of this argument of, you know, maybe, maybe the people that want to take away individual rights and freedoms, maybe they have some points to make. But at the same time, I still, yeah, I still want to be free. But they made some points that I can't refute. So I'm in the middle. Or with the vaccine. Well, you know, some people need it. And some people don't. But you know what? I guess what I'm going to tell you is that when, when these kind of people that are 50-50 flip-flop, I'm in the middle, I'm not sure. This is un indecisiveness is what it is. It's not a, a philosophical argument to say, 
well, a poisonous pot of soup is part good and part bad because <laughs> it's 50% not poison and 50% poison. So if I eat it, I'm like, if you eat it, it's got any poison in there. It's going to affect you, right? There's no middle ground. The truth either is or it isn't. Either it's sunny outside right now or it's not sunny outside right now. There's no middle ground on that. Either everything they told us about what happened on 9-11 was exactly the truth to the letter or it wasn't. There's no middle ground on what happened in, in that event. Either our banking system is totally on the up and up and was not usurped by a fiat private banking cartel to enslave every man, woman, on the ch man, woman and child on the planet for eternity to keep countries in constant debt so that we keep thinking that we're making progress when we'll, really we're just paying off debt that never ends. Or it's, or it's not, you know what I mean? Like it's either, it's a good thing or it's a bad thing. Either diet, exercise, proper nutrition, healthy sleeping patterns, healthy thinking patterns are really good for you and actually promote health and a positive immune system to fight off any virus and bacteria you're going to come across, or it doesn't. And the only solution is a synthetic experimental vaccine where there are trillions of dollars of profit at stake. It's, there's no middle ground there. The middle is evil because it's an act of being indecisive. If we're on a battlefield, and maybe this is just because I come from that tradition, the martial art tradition, either the practice that I do to prepare myself for defense and to keep my body healthy and to formulate strategies and then also turn it into an art form and an expressive form and a whole thing, either the way I'm going about that is correct and is sound, or it's not. When, if, if someone jumps me and tries to kill me, either I've trained myself well enough to be able to defend myself against that attack, or the moves that I've been working all these years on don't work, and I'm dead. There's no middle ground there in that respect. So that's what I'm talking about. In life or death survival reality world in which we do live, we have to admit this. We don't want to because that's frightening. It means personal responsibility. It means there's that, there's that pressure of survival and, oh, my God, and so, you know, all, that, all that stuff that's, you know, we don't really like to have that responsibility because it's easier to not. But we've been living in a civilization and a society that's given us every handrail possible, every drive-through download, every easy access to our survival, you could imagine, our entertainment, the whole thing. Not that there's anything wrong with those things, but we've been so placated with those things for so long that we forget that we're living on a massive planet uh, in a universe that has, you know, apex predators and weather conditions and volcanoes and tornadoes and, you know, human, human psychology is so comp complicated that there are people out there that are what we would call good people who will, you, you know, they have good integrity. They, they, they're not out to screw you over all the time. You know, they're, they're, they have virtue and then people that don't. So if you're unaware of it, just because it's hard to look at evil, it's, it's, we don't want to study evil. We don't want to make that part of our study. We don't want to be aware of that because it's, it's so, who wants to know about human trafficking? Who wants to know about that? 
and how pervasive it is. And not just trafficking. We're talking, I'm not even, like just the horrendous evil that is done to children and human beings on this planet and has been for a long time. Who wants to actually know about that? Nobody wants to know about that. I don't want to know about it. I don't want to come on here and talk about it. But why do I do it? Because ignorance of that fact is evil. There's no middle ground on whether or not we should be doing something to stop human trafficking and systemic predation of children in the world. There's no middle ground on that. Either that's evil and wrong and we should do everything in our power to stop it or we can keep playing this game of psychological evasion of reality and pretend it doesn't exist and put our head in the sand and allow it to continue unabated. There's no middle ground there. The middle ground of indecisiveness on what is true and what is not, what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil, is evil. Because you're standing there on a battlefield and you're not sure if you should retreat or if you should charge the line. And you will be pecked off. So in that sense, evil threatens your survival. It also threatens the survival of everybody around you. Because if you don't take a stand against evil, who will? What's the old saying? Evil only exists because good men do nothing, right? Why do good men do nothing? It's not because they don't have an inner compass of what is good and evil, because I believe every human being on the planet has that. As much as you try to drug it out of yourself, as much as you try to jump through all the hoops of avoiding reality in that regard and being aware of that compass that you have, that conscience that you have, and you try to eradicate that from yourself, or you work on listening to it and developing it, right? But if... If I think a lot of people are just afraid to do something. I think it's uncomfortable to think about it. It's why when you try to talk about any kind of organized criminal activity happening at the highest levels of our world to people, they'll immediately scoff at you for being a conspiracy theorist because you know what the media is doing for them? And all the culture, the whole thing, Hollywood, you know what they're doing? The late night comedians and all the articles... They're providing an escape pathway for those people to ignore the presence of evil in their midst, the presence of tyranny and criminality and corruption in their midst. It's a get-out-of-jail free card. It's a get-out-of-thinking free card. There's your passport. They've given you the escape reality passport by continually telling you that anybody that is challenging the status quo, anybody that is questioning the official narratives, anybody that is asking for debate and discussion in open forums, anybody that has discovered some very questionable pieces of information that just so happen to look badly on the elites of the world, the L's, they're just conspiracy theorists. They're just crazy. So go back to sleep Everything will be okay. Don't you worry. It's a soothing mechanism. And that's why those people are, they almost overdo the laughing fits that they have when they critique conspiracy theorists who challenge official dogmas. It's, they overdo it. It's so obvious when you understand it, when you notice it. It's too much. It's like, really? It's that funny? that I'm questioning this 
with damn good evidence as to why I should be questioning this. It's I'm that I'm crazy. Notice anybody, if you're telling, if you're out there talking to people and you're like, look, you, you could say something, you don't have to get into the whole big picture of whatever with a bunch of red, you know, threads and connecting dots for people. You don't have to do that. If you just come out in, in this time and you go, you know, like what's her name? The rap artist there. Uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, when she came out and just kind of said, you know what? I, I'm, it's, it's experimental. I'm going to wait until there's more data. I, I just, I, I feel like, you know, I, I'm not really trusting it because I haven't seen enough safety data. You could literally just say that and people will laugh like hyenas at you. They'll be like, <laughs> look at that. Look at that conspiracy theorist. Oh my God, you guys are so stupid. You're so stupid. This is what they say. They are so dumb. You're so dumb for wanting more safety data. What an idiot you are wanting safety data. What if, well, we've got a tinfoil hat for me? It's like, that's kind of an overreaction, bro. It's an overreaction. Like, I'm just asking for some, you don't want to have some more safety data? Hmm. I'm really that crazy for questioning known liars and criminals? of which I could give you entire rap. You want me to pull up the rap sheet of Johnson & Johnson? You want me to pull up the rap sheet of Pfizer? A rap sheet of crimes. Crimes. Not mistakes. Not a little bit of corruption here and there. Crimes. Repeated offenses. Gross human offenses that ended up in the deaths of millions of people. Hundreds of thousands at the least. When you tally it up, the numbers are really shocking. I'm going to be getting into it in chapter three of Cult of the Medics. So when you see that kind of overreaction, you're watching psychology at work. You're watching the evasion of reality take place in that person's mind. And this is putting aside an actual debate where we pin down the facts and we really get down and we find out where are you at? Where are we at? Let's put it on the table. Let's hash it out. Let's try to find the truth. Aside from that, just that reaction alone to the fact that you're just like, I got some questions and I don't trust this right now. I'm really, you know, just that when they react to that level on that premise, you already won the debate right there. It's like in poker, tells, people have tells. I play poker, I used to play a lot more, but I love the game for the strategy. I'll even pay, play with no real money in it, just because I like, I like the strategy of reading people and calculating odds and doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, so you, you start to learn that people have tells when they get really excited uh, that they've got a really killer hand. You, you start to read people, you learn how to read people's tells. In martial arts, you're reading people's tells. For the first, if we were to spar, the first 30 seconds or so is, uh, it depends how long the bat battle is, but let's say the first section of that, conf that little sparring match is going to be me feeding stuff out to get information about how you move, how you react to certain things so that on the spot, I can build a strategy to win. And you should be doing the same thing to me. We should be sort of, it's a dance. So we're reading each other to find out what each other's tells are so that we can expose a hole in the, in the armor and, and win. And use this strategy, guys. Use this strategy when you're out there, when you're talking. Just Don't just talk. Listen. Listen. Listening, you'll learn so much more.
Listen to how people comment on your feeds. Listen to the way they do it. Listen to the way they respond to you. Not what they say, but the way they do it. It's subtle and it's important because you're gaining information on how this stuff works. And you'll be able to find out right away what's going on. Does this person really have this groundbreaking piece of evidence to completely dethrone my position here or of, of questioning, you know, people in power and questioning the media and questioning what's going on with this vaccine and questioning the, you know, the PCR test and que does, does this person that's laughing at me hysterically, do they really have an argument to make? Or are we dealing with psychology here that is rooted in trying to evade reality? And that's why there's the over overperformance of childlike behavior, of just pointing and laughing, because that's all you got. If you don't have an argument, you resort to ad hominem. That's known in philosophical and scientific debate. Ad hominem is not an argument. Force is not an argument. Coercion is not an argument. If these people in power really had the golden juice that would save humanity and was the best thing ever invented, and was perfectly safe and effective, they wouldn't need to bribe you. They wouldn't need to force you. So no, my friends, in my opinion, there's no middle grounds anymore. There's middle grounds when it comes to other things, like we're questioning the origins of the universe and the nature of reality and what happens when you die and all of these big questions that nobody really knows for sure. We can have middle grounds. We can have discussions. We can have helpful debates to try to find the truth. The truth should always be the goal, not just being right and, and having somebody give you a gold medal for being right. The truth should be the goal, right? But with this shit, there is truth and there's untruth. The middle ground is evil because there's no commitment being made. And you know what? In psychological warfare, they're actually trying to get you in the middle. That's the whole point. If you study the Pavlov experiments, the Milgram experiments, the Stockholm syndromes, the mind control, the MK ultras, what are they trying to do? They're trying to hit the brain with contradictory messaging at a subliminal level. Contradictory meaning something way over here and something way over here colliding into your head to create something called cognitive dissonance where you then believe two contradictory things at the exact same time. So two contradictory things, where are you? You're in the middle of those two contradictory things and you're not using it as a way of trying to explore both options to find the truth. It's, it's like those great memes where the guy's sweating and he's pointing at two different buttons. <laughs> it's like, what was a good one? Oh man, I should have pulled one up as a good example, but it's like, uh, you know, the, the PCR test is actually, is really, is perfect and it's not pinging false positives or the vaccine is failing. Uh, cause the truth, the reality is showing us that something's wrong with either one of those or both. 
and yet people to jump around the hoops in their mind, they've got to somehow reconcile that this just isn't adding up. Two plus two is not equaling four right now. It's equaling like some random number. And yet they still, in order to keep their worldview intact, which is that the government might lie sometimes, but not this time. The media might be corrupt and might spin stories sometimes, but not with this. However, my actual experience and the actual data and facts right in front of my face are saying very loudly that both the government and the media are lying to me. But if I believe that and accept the facts that are in front of my face, that means I have to rethink my entire worldview and my entire life. So that's what we're up against. You're not arguing with people about the pandemic. You're not arguing with people about the vaccine. You're not arguing with people about masks or any of this other stuff or who brought down Building 7 and how. You're not arguing with people about that. You're arguing about what I just told you. You're arguing with people about the struggle for the survival of their entire worldview which if they accept even one of these facts that you're telling them is going to force them to rethink everything. And that is too traumatic for too many people. So they stay in the middle. They stay in the middle because it's safe. That's a safe place to be, isn't it? You don't have to piss anybody off when you're in the middle. When you're in the middle, people on Side A love you and people on side B love you because you're in the middle. You're, you swing both ways. So being in the middle is more about a, perform, a social performance that is an extension of a psychological performance you've already done to yourself to evade reality and try to find out, to settle a debate in your mind for once so that you're no longer in the middle. You are 100% on one side. Hopefully that side being the truth. Now I'm not saying become, because I'm also not trying to say to become a dogmatic fundamentalist, whatever. That's not what I'm saying. We have to always factor in that humans are infallible. We make mistakes. So when you're deciding what you believe, this is why you have to be engaged in the process of vetting it out for yourself. And then yes, always being open to new information when it comes across. So again, there's nuances to everything. You're not going to be a scientific thinker by the true meaning of science, okay? Scientia, meaning knowledge, to have knowledge. You're not going to be in a realm of, of pursuing knowledge if you make up your mind, close the door, slam it shut, lock it with 16 different locks, and then walk away. But when it does come to things that you can actually verify for yourself, like it's raining outside right now. And unless the, that weather changes, I'm not going to tell myself that it's not raining just because I don't want it to be raining. So the subjective experience that everybody's usually thinking about when we have these kind of discussions is, well, but, well, Dave, the, you know, truth, truth is relative. It's relative. You know, everybody's got their own truth. And I see where you're coming from. However, think about it like this. We're thinking big philosophical concepts about your truth and my truth and what, 
how do you see God or do you not believe in a God or how do you see, you know, what your purpose in life is versus maybe someone else has a different purpose. I feel like that's what people are thinking about when they say your truth, my truth, because we all, we're trying to hang on to our uniqueness and I'm a number one advocate for us doing that. You are unique. You are unique. There's never been you and there never will be you again. Don't ever give up on that. Fight to the death for that. If you fight for anything, fight for that. Fight for the right to be unique, to be uniquely you. But when we're talking morality, good and evil, right and wrong, truth or falsity, I'm talking about what has happened, so past historical events, whether they're in your personal life or whether they're in the life of humanity, events happened. There were factors that caused those events to happen. They didn't just happen. Things coalesced together and got to a point where eventually it produced that event in history. So you want to know, well, what were those things that underlied and came together to come to produce that event? Because if it was a really crappy event, like, I don't know, 200 million people being killed by their government in the 20th century alone. I want to know what were the root causes that led to that. I want to know the truth about that. That happened. So there's no philosophical whiteboard. It happened. Why did it happen? What's the truth about why it happened? JFK got shot right in front of the entire American public. Traumatized the American psyche for decades after that. There were repercussions to that, but there were things that led up to whoever shot JFK. And then there was what they told you happened. Some guy in a book depository or whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? Oswald. And then the guy that shot Kennedy was shot by another guy who was like magic bullet theory. And you go, well, wait, I got some questions about what really happened because that was a really big historical event. That was a turning point for America and the West. And, um, you know, we want to know why and who, because if they arrested the wrong guy, then that means the real criminals are still on the loose or got away with it. Um, so that's why the truth matters. Like, what was it that started the First World War? Officially on official history books. There was a whole bunch of other shit going on, but, you know, just officially. What was it that kicked off World War II? What was it that brought America and Canada into World War II? It was supposed to be just a European war. What, what were the events that made it a war in Europe to a global conflict? Were there weapons of mass destruction in Iraq? Yes or no? We need to answer that question because decisions were made. Tr billions and billions of dollars were spent. Millions of people died. Countries were destroyed. People's lives were destroyed based off of the argument that was posed that there was weapons of mass destruction in Iraq and we have to go and invade them and, and do this right away or otherwise it's the end of everything. Either it was true or it wasn't true. Either your money has value in the real sense of the word or it doesn't.
because we're in a pirate system that's designed to feed off of you and take all your money. Either your government has your best interest in mind or it doesn't. There's no middle ground. Either they're telling us the truth or they're not telling us the truth. There's no middle ground. And if you stay in the middle, you're a bystander. You're a, a spectator watching and doing nothing. And what happens when it gets to the point where they actually come for you or this evil shows up on your doorstep? I promise you, you're not going to be in the middle anymore. It's easy to be on the middle when it hasn't really directly affected you. And that's when you can pull all these big philosophical arguments about why you're in the middle or why you haven't really settled on one side or the other. And the biggest one of all, my friends, is freedom versus slavery. There's no middle ground. Can we agree on that? You, can't, you could say, well, we could probably get away, Dave, with a little bit of slavery for the common good, of course. Justifiable, uh, you know, giving more power to the government and to these big multinational corporations that don't give a shit about you and, and taking away from your own personal power. Some of that could be justified for the greater good, right? This was Ayn Rand's entire argument. Her answer to that was no. No, 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 no. Because it's death of a thousand cuts. That mentality is death of a thousand cuts. We're living it right now. We're here now because a lot of people in the 60s and 70s believed that. And scorned the people that came out and said, no, there is no negotiation. You are either free, you either have inalienable rights of the government, or, the, or not just the government, the mob, the crowd right now that is screaming for the death of anybody that doesn't want to take Bill Gates' shot. They're not in the middle. It started with little infractions on freedom, little infractions on your constitutions, little changes in little words, little legalese here, a little bit of this there. And each one, each one of those little baby steps has got a whole billion dollar media enterprise and, and education system to, to push that argument, to move it, the dial a little bit away from freedom and a little bit more towards collective power over your life ruled at the hand of the government, etc. right? And you kind of don't think of it because you go, well, okay, you can take more of my taxes. It's okay. Well, I guess I don't really need a submachine gun. So, you know, look at Australia. They made a decision over there to be really nice and really altruistic and really kind-hearted and give up all their guns to the government so the government could destroy them because guns kill people and they're bad and they hurt people. And because they're devices that hurt and kill people, we can't have the average people out there in possession of these things. So the only people, they voted for the only classes in our society 
to be allowed to have guns are going to be the government and the criminals. Because the avoidance thing that happens in that argument is that people forget that criminals, they don't obey laws. They don't follow laws. They just do this thing where they don't listen to the rules and they get things anyways through black markets and underground stuff, right? So Australia is reaping the effects right now of main, remaining either neutral or actually being on the side of that argument and saying, give up your guns. And now the cops are running around shooting people with these rubber bullets that are soon to be live ammunition as it has happened countless times throughout history. Pol Pot's regime, the Khmer Rouge, came in and took all the guns. In Africa, Idi Amin went in and rounded up all the tribesmen and rounded up all the weapons and took away their ability to defend themselves before he butchered, what was it? Like half the country? Quarter, like it was the, they called him the Butcher of Africa. Horrible, horrible stuff. Hitler came in and shut down the ability for there to be independent police departments and created a whole new Gestapo enterprise and disarmed the public. Stalin did the same thing. Mao Zedong did the same thing during the Great Leap Forward, which is really starting to sound a lot like this Great Reset we're hearing about. It's the same shit. Go read Mao's Red Book. Learn all about it. Then read Klaus Schwab's Great Reset book. Tell me if there's any differences there. Why would they want to disarm law-abiding citizens? Because that's an act of taking away your ability to defend your right to be an individual, to have property, to have your own belief system, and to have a power differential so that a, a lynch mob can't just come to your house and forcibly inject something into you that you don't want, or pick an issue, hang you on a tree outside of your own house, and then take your property because for some reason that crowd felt justified in doing so. Or not even the crowd. What if the government starts to come to your door and kick it down and separate you from your children because you posted something on Facebook that was going against the new speak of the day? That's why they don't want you to have the ability to defend yourself. Why are they demonizing martial art practice and all these kind of things? It's fighting. We can't have fighting in schools. Don't let the kids, don't let the boys wrestle. Don't let them touch each other. Don't let them play with sticks. Don't let them, let's get rid of all the wrestling programs and the taekwondo, let's get rid of that. It teaches violence. It's an attack on independence. It's an attack on your ability to be who you are and to live unmolested. So the middle ground is evil because it produces evil. The effect, whether the intention is or not that's, not, that's not what it is. It's not an intentionality type of evil. It's an evasion of reality type of evil. The man in the middle is the knave who blanks out 
the truth. So the truth is there, right there. The truth is. It's, it is. It's, no, it's just it is what it is, right? But the man in the middle blanks out the truth in order to, it's an inner conspiracy, in order to pretend that no choice or values exists. Because choice means you have to find the inner fortitude to make a choice. And sometimes there are hard choices. Like in Star Trek, Picard and Kirk, they always had to make these really crazy choices under the, under the pressure. And it was always like, oh, what's he, what choice is he going to make? How's he going to get out of this one? If he, if he shoots down the ship, he's going to take out one of his own guys. But if he doesn't, then the whole ship is threatened. Like, what, what's the choice? And it was always the discussion in Star Trek. Well, it was the choice that only a captain was trained to make. Only the brave, only the courageous can actually make choices. Only the free can actually make choices. Everybody else has their choices prescribed to them for them by other people. That's what a cult is. People that sign up for cults are there because they're sick of making choices. They're like, I tried making choices in my life. I kept nature beat the shit out of me. I don't want anything to do with that. Make my choice for me. What's the meaning of life? Whatever you say. What happens when I die? Whatever you say. What rules and laws and edicts must I adhere to in order to remain a member of the cult? Whatever you say. No question whatsoever, because the question requires the heroic side of you. To answer a question means you must have the inner fortitude to go out and seek the answer to that question. There's times where people ask me questions and I purposely don't answer them because I'm sometimes doing a disservice by always answering questions. I also got my own questions. That's what my teachers did for me. When I sometimes have questions, I go, what, 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 what's the answer? Like, I don't, I don't prescribe that. I remember asking uh, my colleague, Michael Cesarian, I, I remember asking him like, well, what kind of um, like meditation practice do you recommend? What do you, are there any that you like? Or, and he, he could have answered. He could have given me a whole podcast worth of answers, but he just, he went, I don't give that information. I don't give that recommendation. People need to figure it out for themselves what they, what their own way. What was he doing? Was he dropping me and not helping me out? Or was he giving me the best gift of saying, you need to think about it and you need to study it and you need to find something that's unique for you. If I tell you, then you're just going to do what I do, but maybe what I do doesn't work for you. And that's not authentic. The non-answer was the best answer I could have been given. I had senseis that did this stuff for me. I'd be like, sensei, I got this big tournament coming up. I got this guy. He's really good. This guy can kick like the wind. What's the best strategy? And he'd be like, you already know what to do. I could give you some pointers, but here, let's line you up with a bunch of Taekwondo guys. Spar them like as much as you can. And you, you let me know what works. Like, basically, I'm going to throw you into the fire and you'll find out the answer quick enough, won't you? So that is just a different way of looking at things. And people are allergic to this stuff because everybody wants all the answers given to them, all the handrails put there so they know where to go, all the signs pointing what to do, what not to do. How do you, where do you turn left? What color is the light? Do I yield? Do I, you know, is this a, like, we need signs. 
we need commands. We're led like sheep. You see that video of people like there's arrows on the floor and just this mob of people are just like walking up and down. And it's like an animal pen of, of sheep being herded. Into, and it's just like, wow. So the advocates for freedom and in the highest virtues of mankind were trying to help evolve the human race out of tribalism, out of being ruled by kings, queens, monarchs, popes, imams, rabbis, gods, to become free in the real sense and freedom with ethics and morality so that you're not out there harming people and harming nature. And for them, there was no middle. There was truth and there was lies. There was right and there was wrong. There was good, you know what I'm saying? So in some debates, in some discussions, in some areas, maybe a middle ground is preferable, but not this. So I want to be very crystal clear of what I'm saying. When it comes to your freedom, whether it's your country, whether it's your person, when it comes to your freedom, there is no compromise. What was the, what's the official stance of the U.S. military? We do not negotiate with terrorists. We don't negotiate. If you hold a bunch of people hostage, we're not negotiating. We're going to kill you. We're going to hunt you down and we are going to end you because that's an act of war and we don't negotiate because you know why? If they started negotiating, you'd have every terrorist group in the book trying to get all kinds of money out of your government, which is what's happening right now. Um, and it, it would be a shit show. Nothing. You need to put a stand at some point. You got to put a, a line in the sand and you got to say here and no further. If an army, if China invades, and you see an army coming up the hill off a bunch of boats and rafts or airplanes dropping a bunch of paratroopers in. All this all this stuff about what's good and what's right, I don't know. That's going to go out the window. And the people that were in the middle on these issues are just going to implode. The people that are going to be capable of doing something and making a choice between freedom or death they would be the only ones to save you. And it's always been that way. It's always been that way. In the warrior ethos, this is why I love this statement so much, and I love this idea so much. The warrior philosophy is littered with this concept because they're, on the battlefield, there's no room for being half in, one foot in, one foot out. I don't know. You're not playing... You're not trying to do stuff to please people. You're not trying to do stuff to impress anybody. You're just trying to survive and win because you're confronted with the reality of destruction unless you do something. If you're put in a position where you're confronted with annihilation, that's when you have to make a choice. And in order to make a choice, you've got to have self-knowledge, self-esteem, self-love, self-understanding. You have to know who you are. You have to have 
a reason to live. You have to have a reason to fight for what you're fighting for. And to me, there's no other, there's no higher reason than freedom. Because what do you got without freedom? What do you have? Everybody that's laughing at you, this is what the media is doing. And it's they're casting that light into the minds of all your friends and neighbors and family because that's another, it's like a soother that they can, it, it makes them feel comfortable again that they don't have to make decisions and that they, tr oh, I'll just trust you blindly. They're trying to tell you, oh, these people, these freedom people, they're just so extreme. Freedom is extremism now. That's what, that's, that's what they're saying. If you are advocating for freedom, you're on government lists, you're being censored, you're being scorned. People are rolling their eyes at you when they're like, did you get the shot? And you're like, no, I'm a, I believe in bodily autonomy. They're like, oh, what? Only people that would react like that are people who are naive. They haven't studied history or learned its lessons. They haven't studied human psychology or learned its lessons. They haven't understood the track record of these known liars and criminals that are heading up the ship of state, that are heading up your major corporations and institutions, and that do not, underlined, all capitalized, do not have your best interests in mind. But it's easier to trust them because they got, all the, they got all the power and the money. They are the controllers. If you don't trust them and you question them, then all of a sudden you're in a position where you have to manage and run your own life. You have to sustain yourself. You have to find some fortitude and some courage to rise up against the will of the mob, against these criminal tyrants, and actually confront evil. You have to confront the lie. You have to confront the tyranny. You have to raise a shield and you got to fight back. In every fight, there's a choice. I had experiences when I was young where I was just getting my feet under me in terms of training martial arts and stuff, but I didn't quite have the confidence yet. And I was getting picked on by big big guys in the neighborhood and not the hockey ranks and everything. And I wasn't quite ready to make a stand because I didn't, I, I still had lots of doubt if I could even be successful. These guys were so big and I just thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I'll remember two fights. One fight I had, I remember it like it was yesterday that this guy grabbed me, pulled my shirt over my head, you know, traditional Canadian hockey fighting and just started smacking me. And I knew what to do. I knew what to do, but I froze and I didn't do anything. And I remember the decision that I made while I'm getting blasted in the face. I made a decision not to fight back, not to stand up for myself, that it was easier to just take it full, walk away, tell everybody the story. Oh, I was sick that day, whatever. It was easier in that moment than to rise up and do something. Then I remember another fight where something different happened. I had learned from that first instance and told myself, I promised myself while I was cleaning up my cuts at home, I said, that's never, ever going to happen to me ever again. I, that feeling, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the feeling of, of the pain of getting smashed up. 
It was the pain of the fact that I betrayed myself and I didn't stand for myself. And I felt shame, the shame of not that I lost. If I would have fought back and still lost, I wouldn't feel that. I would have felt a honorable loss. I'll take my licks. But this was that I beat myself. And that's the shame that I couldn't live with. And that moment made me, I think, one of the, the martial artists that I became. Because I promised myself that's never going to happen ever again. And fight happens later down the road. In the moment where I could see the talking, the pushing, the shoving, people are crowding around, things are starting to get heavy. This was in high school. One of these guys that had been stalking me and haunting me the whole school year called me out, big fight. And in the moment, I remember that feeling coming back of like, oh, fuck, I should just run or I should just let, I'll just, and something else rose up and I let it come through and I went, no, I'm ready to die. I'm ready to go. I'm not going to do this to myself ever again. Even if I lose, I'll lose with glory and honor. And that didn't work out too well for that guy. And he never bothered me again. And I never, I regained, lost glory, and now was able to have that rooted in me. And I've had many other experiences in that regard that have made me into the person that I know I will act when I need to act. I've proven it to myself, and I know I will do it. I will do exactly what it takes in the moment. I will not betray myself. That level of confidence is something you have to earn through the winning the internal battle. So this is really key to some notes that I had here from Nathaniel Brandon, where he, he wrote this book. I've talked about it before. I emphasize this always in these conversations because it's just a really good guidebook for how you learn about how, there's ways to help encourage and teach yourself how to think like a warrior and to develop self-knowledge. So he wrote these six pillars, okay? I'm just going to read them off really quick, and then I want you to think about them in context of what we're saying, because you're going to need this shit, guys. You're going to need these arrows in your quiver as we keep going forward, because these arguments are going to get more intense. These arguments are going to stop being discussions and they're going to start to become physical unless some magic shit happens and all this stuff gets exposed and it all comes down. But if, if it keeps going on this track, these people that are begging for you to be censored off social media and reporting you to the authorities and, and contacting their local police departments because they saw you not wearing a mask or whatever it is, it's going to stop being so in the background and it's going to start to come right into your face. It's going to get heavy especially with what we know the arguments are going to be made against people that are advocating for freedom and that are trying to expose the truth about what's really going on with all the stuff we're experiencing right now. We are target number one. And when do you expend ammunition again? When you're threatened. So take that. But here we go. Number one, living consciously. To live consciously is to be present to what we are doing to seek to understand whatever bears on our interests, values, and goals, to be aware of both, to be aware both of the world external to the self and also the world within. Number two, self-acceptance. To be self-accepting is to own an experience without denial or disowning. 
the reality of our thoughts, emotions, and actions, to be respectful and compassionate towards ourselves, even when we do not admire or enjoy some of our feelings or decisions, to refuse to be in an adversarial or rejecting relationship to ourselves. He's talking about the two wolves. If you feel conflicted, you ever feel that? You're conflicted. You're battling yourself. Your head is telling you something different than your heart. You have to resolve that. And the only way to resolve that is to be empowered from within. Self-responsibility. <laughs> These ones are really going to become very, very relevant. Self-responsibility. To be self-responsible is to recognize that we are the author of our choices and actions, that we must be the ultimate source of our own fulfillment, that no one is coming to make our life right for us or to make us happy or to give us self-esteem. No one's coming to do that for you. You've already been given all the equipment to do it for yourself and you've been put into this reality to do that. If we wait around for someone else to do it for us, we will be those people in the middle that will be easily led because we didn't build those foundational principles of strength within us to be able to withstand the storm when it comes. Number four, self-assertiveness. This is key, okay? You're going to need this one. You're going to need this one. Right now, if you're saying, I'm not doing the jab, I'm not wearing the mask, I'm not going into any freaking concentration camps. Self-assertiveness. To be self-assertive is to honor our wants and our needs and look for their appropriate forms of expression in reality, to live our values in the world, to be willing to be who we are and allow others to see it, to stand up for our, conviction, our convictions, our values, and our feelings. To stand up for your convictions, values, and feelings. It's fine to have convictions, values, and feelings, but if push comes to shove and now they're threatening you because of your values, convictions, and feelings, you can either cave and fold all that pressure. Everybody's telling me, well, I couldn't take the pressure from my family. I couldn't take the pressure from my work. I couldn't take the pressure from everybody around me. So you're going to betray yourself. You're going to betray your values. You're going to betray your convictions, your feelings. You're going to betray yourself. just because other people are fretting about around you and have a different way of seeing it and won't look at what you're, they won't respect you for who you are. They won't even hear you out. They're so panicked and hysterical. And you're going to get on your knees in front of these people? They're in mass psychosis right now. Would you listen to a psychopath or, a, or someone who's hysterical? You'd never do it in any other circumstance. Why would you do it when it really matters, like right now? When literally we're talking about life or death. And at the very least, life or death of your own view of yourself, your own self-respect. And life or death of your right as a human being, not given to you by a government and can never be taken away, your right as a human being to be unique, to think for yourself, to control what goes into your body and what doesn't, to make your own decisions with your health, to make your own decisions in life, to seek alternatives. There is no other line 
than the skin on your body. There is no other line. That's the last line. There's many lines before that. All those lines have been crossed. The last line you got is your skin protecting your body and keeping this meat suit together. And you're willing to give that up just because other people are pressuring you? That's why you need to learn these six pillars and start living them now. It's survival now. This is about survival. Number five, living purposefully. We've lost purpose. That's why everybody's depressed. There's no fulfillment in life because we were caught in the glitz and the glam and the fake inauthentic life that was sold to us by Vanguard and BlackRock and the Vatican and the church and the government and the media and Hollywood and the music industry and everything else. This fake inauthentic life of, well, if you can just order on Amazon, that'll make you feel better. Instead of understanding that true freedom, true fulfillment comes from within out to the world, not from the world inputting into you. If you're in the mindset that the world external to you or something external to you is going to come and bless you with empathy, with virtue, with strength, with honor, with respect, with wealth, with health, you're kidding yourselves. We were told the kingdom of heaven is neither here nor there. It is within you. It is within you. You got to fight this fight from the inside out, not the other way around. So you have to live purposefully. You now have a purpose. Your purpose, if you didn't know what it was, is to stand for your freedom. Start there. There's lots of work to do right now. Okay? Living purposely. To live purposely is to take responsibility for identifying our goals, to perform the actions that allow us to achieve them, to keep on track and moving toward their fulfillment. I mean, it sounds kind of like we're talking about our goals and our career, but it, it's, it's applicable in this war. You have to have purpose. The purpose is the, you want your life back? Everybody's like, I want my life back. I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the snake oil to get my life back. Even though that's a lie, clearly you're still not going to get it back. You take Pfizer, the Pfizer CEO just came out and he's like, you all have to be taking this shit annually for the rest of your lives. <laughs> the guy who's directly going to benefit from financially from this is telling you that that's the only way. And the media is like, oh, well, the, the gods from Pfizer, they just came out and said it. So it must be true. Right. But if you're a free thinking person, you can go, wait a minute. Uh, really? I'm going to listen to this guy, Pfizer, paid out the biggest fine in the history of fines for criminal activity multiple times in a row. Really? We're going to listen to these people who are stand to profit trillions of dollars off this shit? Wow. You better find some purpose because if you don't have purpose, you'll cave. The people who don't have purpose and don't have conviction and don't have self-responsibility, self-acceptance, living consciously, self-assertiveness, personal integrity, they're caving. They're going against their own conscience. Now, if they buy into it and believe the narrative to drink the Kool-Aid, that's different. But if they're doing it against their conscience, that is an act of self-evil that unfortunately is going to have some very harsh consequences, not just in terms of what's going to happen to you physically, but what about spiritually and psychically? What have you done? 
Now it's never too late. You can fix this as I did in my case where I betrayed myself and then I redeemed myself by never letting that happen again, by finding the courage to stand in what I believed in, which was my right to not get my ass kicked in front of all my friends. <laughs> but it, it could be any example, right? So find purpose and live purposely and take responsibility for your life. It's hard, but that's the price of freedom. The sales pitch is, guys, you know what? The freedom experiment is over. You didn't really want it anyways, did you? All that hard decision-making and having to think for yourself and map out your own destiny and get up off your ass in the morning and go work and go out into nature and produce something out of nothing. Who wants that shit? So that's hard. So we're going to sell you all of the, all the trinkets and the, we're going to, you know what? You, you're so, we're going to relieve you from this burden of conscience and thinking. We're going to implant Alexa into your brainstem so that if you have a question, you can just think it and Alexa will answer it for you. And your brain will not have to be burdened with such complicated questions about life. Are you tired of your body? You don't even know what gender you are. You don't even know what you believe. Don't worry. We're going to swap out that body for an artificial construct merging with artificial intelligence that we created and have all the control knobs and switches to access to. So don't worry. Are you sick and tired of having to get up and think about what you're going to eat every day and how much vitamins and nutrition you should be putting in your body? Are you sick and tired of having to choose between what tastes good and what doesn't taste good? Health and not health? Don't worry. We'll put you on a subscription model of health right until the bitter end. If you just take our little concoctions and do what you're told, and never question or challenge and sit down like a good dog. Well, that's the deal with the devil. The deal with the devil is all of this could be yours. But what is the devil offering in this analogy, right? What is the devil offering? All this fake ass shit that has no meaning behind it. You can own all the fake ass shit in the world. Your body can be made up of fake-ass shit. Your mind can be made up of fake-ass shit. But you want fake-ass shit, don't you? Because the real thing is, it's just, it's so powerful that it's challenging and that is uncomfortable and we know you don't want that. Thinking for yourself, getting out of the lane in the middle and actually picking a side and standing for something right, pursuing the truth even when it's hard, standing up to the will of the crowd, that we control. I know that's hard, so we're going to relieve you of it. All of this can be yours if only you kneel. That's all we ask. What did he say in 300? That Persian king to Leonidas, he's like, I'll make you a general in my army. I'll give you all the women and gold and wealth in the world. I'll let you manage all these different kingdoms. All I ask is that you kneel. And Leonidas said to him, that's going to be a bit of a problem. And that's the spirit. That's the warrior spirit. When the devil comes up your, across your path and the devil, may, the devil comes in many forms, 
I'll let you decide whether you believe in that literally or whatever. It doesn't really matter. It shows up in different forms. But does the devil ever come up and go, Hi, I'm the devil, and I'm seeking your eternal destruction. So sign here. <laughs> That's never how it works. The sales pitch is, you want your freedom back? You want your life back? You want to be accepted in, the, in, the, in the society? Kneel, and I'll give you everything. Don't kneel. And that's when you're in the position where you got to go, well, I don't want to kneel, so I'm going to say no. But that's going to lead to basically now you're in the war. Now you have to fight. Now it's an eternal fight for freedom. And that's hard. So a lot of people are saying, yeah, I'll take that deal. I'll kneel. I'll kneel. But there are those of us who won't, no matter what. Because we understand this. And the last one is personal integrity. This is a key one. Let me know if any of your politicians have any of this stuff. To live with integrity is to have principles of behavior to which we remain loyal in action, to keep our promises and honor our commitments, and to walk our talk. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like personal integrity is not really very present in the current administrations that are dictating to the world. They're going to fly the banner of, we're just trying to save you. We're just trying to help you. We care about you. We love you. We're just, we want to protect you so bad. And you're sometimes not letting us protect you that we got to hurt you and we got to imprison you and we got to fine you. We got to shut down your business and we got to make you show your health status before going to the pub because we just mean what's best for you. But you don't always listen. That's not integrity. You're not dealing... That's why I, when I said a long time ago, when I'm like, look, I know this whole thing is a scam, okay? And I'm talking about the way they're selling it, the, the government policy, the whole thing. I knew it was because I know what we're dealing with. We're not dealing with people that have integrity. So if you're not dealing with people that have integrity, well, what do you expect? <laughs> That's... You get what you order. If you trust people that don't have integrity, you will reap the rewards or the non-rewards of that decision to trust people blindly that don't have any integrity. There's consequences in life. And they're trying to sell you, we're going to give you a world without consequences. We just want the, we just ask that you kneel. Sign here in blood. Sign away the future of your children. That's all that, that's, that's all we're asking. I don't see what the big deal is. Why are you guys being all conspiracy theorists about it? All we're asking is that you sign away your entire lives and the lives of your future generations. I mean, what's the big deal? That's literally where we're at. So there's my argument. Sorry if it took so long. I just, speaking off the cuff here, that's my argument for the middle is always evil. And you guys let me know what you think. 
but accepting the responsibility of your choices, good, bad, and ugly, it's key. And the other thing is when you accept responsibility and if you've made mistakes and if you've done things you regret, there's always a kind of salvation there that it's the recognizing of that instead of the repression of that, that is the way out of that. Let me explain. So if you have regrets or you made bad decisions or whatever, or maybe you are realizing that you've been blinded by a very sophisticated system of propaganda that is funded to the tunes of billions of dollars and has decades of research behind it. So you admit to your, just recognize that you're up against a very formidable enemy that is very skilled, that is way smarter than you, that is way more powerful in that sense, but is not powerful in the other sense where they actually have the ability to take away what's yours. They just have to cast the illusion that they can. So if you've ever made any of these deals with the devil and you regret it, the thing a lot of people do when they feel that sort of shame that I was telling you about that I had felt, and I've felt it many times, I've made many mistakes, um, is that the shame is so great that we repress it and we make excuses for it and we create and craft these comfortable little Minecraft-like creations in our mind that help us believe that we're, we didn't, we, we don't have to feel any shame. We didn't make any mistakes. Everything I did was right. Cause that's an instinct. We we're trying to run away from the, the feeling of shame and doubt and all that. So we repress it and we put it in the basement and we walk away and we go, la la la, didn't happen. Okay. No, I'm perfect. No issues. So that'd be the bad way to handle that. The positive way to handle that, which is the only way to get out of it, is to take the responsibility for it and then forgive yourself for it. Because you recognize that everything is hard at first and it takes a while to sprout your wings and grow. It takes a bit, you know, you don't, on the first day in the gym, you're not going to be able to lift 250 pounds. You got to work your way up to it, right? So you don't beat yourself up along the way. Oh, I'm not good enough because I can't lift 250 pounds yet. No, keep working at it. You'll get there. Or the student that comes into my dojo or my, me being a student in dojos and going, man, I just can't nail this move. It's so difficult. It's so challenging. I'm just going to give up and forget about it. Or I'm just going to keep showing up, keep those mistakes going because there is no mistakes. Operate like that. There is no mistakes. There's learning opportunities. That's it. The slate clears every time as long as you admit it and then try to correct course. If you admit it and then keep doing it again, well, now we've got a problem, right? And there's even a way out of that. But so the basic thing is when you take responsibility for these things and you found that you were in the middle, but you don't want to be there anymore, you want to, you want to have a definable purpose and a definable belief system and a definable way of living and you want to make decisions in your life i'm gonna you're gonna be the decision maker now you're not gonna let other people make decisions for you anymore when you're there forgive forgive past transgressions against yourself and then you can be free to continue to improve and then if you make mistakes again you fall off the wagon 
circle the wagons back, circle back and come back and try it again. Because anybody that's just willing to sit out the course of any battle, especially a battle for truth, freedom, and justice, you'll never forgive yourself when the final vision is clear to you. So start now. Start now. So there we go, guys. Long, long-winded, but that's, that's my case, and I wanted to make it. I had to get that off my chest today. Um. And I'm not trying to cast any judgment because, guys, everything I'm talking here and preaching at you, I am telling you what I have to do to myself. So I am not on a high horse. I'm not here preaching from I'm just sitting here sharing what I aspire to, towards. This is what I aspire to. I don't always hit it, but I aspire to it. It's valuable. And we need it. We need these tools. You need to be strong right now. You need to find time to strengthen yourself physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Learn how to breathe. Learn how to stretch. Learn how to move. And then learn how to breathe, stretch, and move your mind. And then you've got to find the courage now to stand. And I'm talking warrior level, like stand, like this line or death, done. So by saying, I'm putting my line in the sand, you're moving out of the middle and you're going to a side that says, that side, I'm on the side of truth, freedom, and justice. That's the side I'm picking. And for some people that were commenting on Buddha's middle path, that's a different thing. That's not in con context of what we're talking about here. And actually, it's been misconstrued in Buddhism. There's many debates about that, by the way. Um, or whatever. You hear this middle path stuff. I would say the middle path is good, like, okay, here's a really kind of a dumb example, but it, it works. In martial arts, you have, like, really striking styles and grappling styles. It's pretty much broken up. If you boil it all down and just want to find two categories to put the different styles into, striking heavy styles, grappling heavy styles, okay? I'm an eclectic kind of guy. So I will say oh, I'll walk the middle path between the striking styles and the, and the grappling styles. But that's not because I, haven't, I can't make a decision. That's not in relation to morality. That's just in relation to seeing the value in seeing different perspectives of the art so that I can achieve the optimal system of being able to handle a striking scenario and a grappling scenario. Because if I'm only a striker and I meet a grappler, I could be in big trouble and vice versa. So it's beneficial in that scenario to know a little bit of both and to be able to speak both languages and to be able to walk that middle path. Living in this world, we're in the middle path. We're in the middle of the as above and the so below. We're in the middle. Earth is the middle plane, right? But these are different concepts. So we can't conflate all those things in the basket of being in the middle. Or maybe you might be thinking about uh, being diplomatic, right? Like, I feel like, honestly, one of the natural things, I, one of the natural skills I've always had is the ability to hear different sides and try to maybe be diplomatically giving solutions so that we can, we can mend uh, debate, we can mend um, arguments, and we can solve these solutions. 
um, one of part of you is saying, well, but if I pick a side that immediately creates another side and then there's a battle that, but that that's, that's in that context that could be bad, but what's happened in the new age movement and in a lot of religious circles that is they're trying to completely keep you in a dumbed down, can't make a decision to save your life. You must only have an authority, tell you what to do kind of state where that's the middle I'm talking about. The middle of like the middle between an argument so that you can resolve conflict, I'm all about that. Resolving conflict is a really good skill to have, especially now. If you can have a conversation with someone that's willing to listen to you and you can find some common ground and some middle ground on these issues, that builds peace. So I see that, I see that, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about good and evil, truth and false. There's no middle there. The only middle that you need to create is so that we don't kill each other trying to figure out what the truth is. But the truth and nature and reality, either the sun is up or the sun is down. There's no middle ground on that. But you could have a middle ground of discussion between people so that we can keep the discussion going and keep the peace long enough to have the discussion going so that hopefully we can eventually come around to recognizing the truth. Does that make any sense? I just want to clarify that so you guys don't think I'm here saying we're just, it's all full battle and just fuck everybody. And it's, if you're not on my side, you're this and that, like, that's not what it is. I'm on the side of truth, freedom, and justice. That's it. So anybody that's adversarial to that, yes, they are on the other side. I'll try to find middle grounds to help get them to the point where they're supporting that. Whether I always have the truth or not, that's not about my, I have my own theories. I do my own research. That's something separate, but the goal the goal is the truth. And speaking of the goal being the truth, did you guys see um, Dr. Shiva calling out Fauci for a debate? Did you see that? I, I posted it. And I have my, Shiva can be a bit much sometimes, but I still would love to watch him spank Fauci all over the room. That'd be fun. I've been calling for some kind of a debate for a long time because I want to see it. I'm a martial. I want to see who wins. Like I wanted to see who would win this weekend between uh, Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler, you know, both legends of the sport, both great martial artists, you know, been around forever. I love watching that stuff. I like seeing oh, who, which style is going to win this time, you know? Um, so let's have that kind of an event about what's going on with the pandemic. And let's see if Fauci's arguments could stand in front of any kind of scrutiny. They won't, but let's see. I want to see it. I want everybody to see it. I would love to have that. And by the way, my platform is open. I just don't think my platform is big enough to host some, like nobody even knows who I am, but a big platform should host that debate if the mainstream media won't. Because that's what Shiva did. He's like, I'll go on any mainstream media channel and I will debate Fauci. I hope somebody does that. I hope, but do you think Fauci is going to do it? No, he's, he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. You think he wants to get exposed? He couldn't even handle Rand Paul for 20 minutes. What do you think he's going to do with Shiva or any of these guys or get Judy Mikovits in there to grill the guy? I'd love to see some of that. I'd love to see some real science. You know, there's something I'm going to bring out in chapter three. I'll give you a little spoiler. Um, we're going to talk about rigor, scientific rigor. You can look it up, scientific rigor. 
And what that is, is it's the idea of having rigorous debate and being rigorous in the process of determining a fact. I don't feel, but you guys tell me what you think. I don't feel like the government policy that was set or everything coming from the WHO, which is considered the Vatican of the world now, or of, si of medical science anyways, um, it's the only place basically you can listen to, according to Mark Zuckerberg. Um, I don't feel like they've been rigorous in their analysis. I don't feel like these people like Neil Ferguson and Anthony Fauci and Bonnie Henry and Dr. Tam and all these, I don't think they've been rigorous in their debate because rigorous means you are willing to be challenged by other scientists. So if you're going to go silence people like Dr. Byron Bridal and um, all the nurse, nurse associations here and the police on guard for thee and all these other doctors and experts and Dr. Robert Malone and Gert Van, Hey, by the way, they had a chat, eh? Gert Van Bosch and Robert Malone. Very interesting. Uh, Robert Malone basically came right out and said, no, it's what the truth is. It's the vaccinated that are causing the risk, not the unvaccinated. <laughs> okay, let's get some debates. Let's get, get the top CNN doctor with Robert Malone and let's, let's, let's do it. I would like to see a, a stream of these. I would even pay for it. Pay-per-view events. It should be free, but I'm just saying I would be willing to see those events make a little ring, set some chairs up. I've been saying this from the beginning. It would do so much good. But the reason they would never do that and the reason why they are censoring these people and demonizing them and erasing their histories and changing their Wikipedia pages and getting all their Snopes dogs after them is because they're scared of them. Because when do you expend ammunition? <laughs> when you're threatened. If you had no problem, if it was really science that we were talking about that we're all supposed to trust, it should be beyond reproach. It should be screw. It should true scientific rigor means it's reproducible. All the things they're telling you: masks, vaccines, social distance, shelter in place, close small businesses but keep Walmart open. All those things, you know, walk into a restaurant with a mask on, sit down, take it off. All those things should be shown with reproducible, scientific, rigorous studies, data, documentation, and evidence that has been challenged by all the scientific community, including you, and has come out with a complete record of truth that can't be reproached. But that's not what they've given us, is it? And that's how you know it's a lie. That's how you know. That's how you know it's not science. And it's flying the banner of science. It's wearing the costume of science. But it's not science. Again, those are issues. All those issues I brought up, you can't be in the middle. Either masks work or they don't. Either masks slowly suffocate children, make their body acidic, and destroy very precious brain cells and shit that they need to develop in the developmental stages of being a child. Either it's good for them or it's bad for them. Either these shots are causing myelitis and blood clots all over the world in all kinds of top athletes, young people, old people, or they're not. So, yeah, that's that. Now, let me get into a little bit of some stuff that I've been looking at. 
what's the time? Holy shit, it's already been almost two hours. I gotta wrap this up. My God, I talk too much. Well, but that's why that's why I do the show, right? That's what I'm, I'm a podcaster. We're supposed to talk. Um, okay, this is a very. Let me do the Twitter share here. Hold on. I got a couple things to show you real quick. This was kind of a bombshell. Um, Dr. Ryan Cole was on the high wire. I think it was today or yesterday. And this is what he had to say. Oh, wait, it's not playing. Why is that? Let me come out of here. Maybe if I play it in here. Oh, interesting. Interesting. It's not playing it. Hold on, guys. I did check the system box. So let me try again. Oh, I'll do this instead. That's about it. Okay, let's try this. <clears throat> and now, very importantly, and this goes to that question of all these anecdotes that we're hearing from different uh, oncologists around the country and the world, literally. I, I got a, a very interesting note from a family doc that's been in Ireland for uh, 40 years. He knows his community, knows his patients. And he said, hey, you know, a lot of my patients are getting the shot, some aren't, but in those that are, and then he listed the number of cancers he's seen in a six week period of time that he's never seen in a 40 year career. Wow. And so he, he asked what could be causing that. So I, I sent him that paper as a potential mechanism because that toll-like receptor number four is critical in the, in the micro environment to keep cancers at check, in check. So I was talking to uh, Harvey Risch, the world-renowned epidemiologist. He said, well, you know, post a shot or a therapy, it's usually going to be five, 10 years till we see these signals. And I said, yeah, usually it would be. But when we have something we've never done before that's suddenly suppressing one of these receptors that's highly, highly responsible for keeping cancers in check, it would be very explicable as to why something that is quiescent all of a sudden wakes up. So, I mean, all day long, our cells are fighting off mutations in different cells. If they, they see the mutation, they'll try to kill that cell. If this receptor is downregulated, then all those downstream uh, molecules inside that cell that's fighting there, it can't fight because those signals are now turned off. The, the cytokines, the interferons, the things that will attack that atypical cell. So, we're seeing the early signals of this. And so that's what's concerning is we want to be able to, you know, un under the microscope, you know, here's a whole stack of tumors in the last couple of weeks where, what am I wow. doing with these? I'm looking at the ratios of the helper T cells, the, the CD8 killer T cells, and then we'll be staining these for all of these toll-like receptors as well. Because in some of these patients, um, again, inexplicable cancers at, at really unusual ages that are really thick cancers and really aggressive cancers compared to what we are used to seeing in the lab. Wow, eh? Can you imagine? Um, yeah, there's a whole history on cancer that we could get into when it comes to a lot of these other vaccines as well. Um, I'll be covering more on that in some future things, but think about this shot, what he's getting into there, 
<clears throat> is quite alarming. And uh, yeah, what else did we expect, right? What else did we expect? Why are they so anxious for us to get this? Now, this one here, this was literally just texted to me by my buddy, Adam Riva. So shout out to you, Adam. I'm not sure if you're watching, but I'm showing this here. We're going to look at this together. He's saying, it was posted by Texas Slim. Be aware of this symbol and stay away from anything that you see it posted on or used in a marketing campaign. This is the great reset. Looks like a kind of Apple logo or something. Oh, is this the pin? Oh, look at that. There's your Boris. Let's try to let's try to zoom in. Oh, it's not gonna. Okay, my zoom isn't working. Interesting picture someone's posting there. So they're all wearing these pins. Bill Gates, Macron. Oh, okay, someone's saying it's the UN's decade of action logo. Let's see what this says. A decade of action with just under 10 years left to achieve the sustainable development goals and depopulating the world. World leaders at the SDG summit in September, 2019 called for a decade of action and delivery for sustainable development and pledged to mobilize financing, enhance national implementation and strengthen institutions to achieve the goals by the target date of 2030 leaving no one behind. That's what they mean when they say, we want to leave no one behind. That's code for get the shot or you go to jail. The UN Secretary General called on all sectors of society to mobilize for a decade of action on three levels. Global action to secure greater leadership, more resources and smarter solutions for the sustainable development goals. <laughs> Local action, embedding the needed transitions in the policies, budgets, institutions, and regulatory frameworks of governments, cities, and local authorities. And people action, the crowd, including, including by youth, civil society, the media, the private sector, unions, academia, and other stakeholders to generate an unstoppable movement pushing for the required transformations. <laughs> Whoa. They want the merging of a global communist fascist scientific dictatorship. Yeah. Oh, what's this? I like seeing what people are digging on this. What's that? Global panel something. Yeah. They love the rainbow stuff. They, it's like, this is for everybody. The circle, one ring to rule them all. The symbolism's all over this. Good job, man. Thanks for sending that, Adam. I just tweeted it out. So watch out for that. And of course, it's going to be an apple. Huh? It's all about health. And where else was the symbol of the apple? Where, where, where else is that used? What's that all about? <clears throat> uh, I got a couple more things to show you guys. Well, here's the challenge from Dr. Shiva. I challenge any news media to have me, an MIT, this guy loves, an MIT PhD in biological engineering and expert on the immune system in a live debate with lying scumbag Fauci. The truth will emerge fast and the world will learn some basic immunology. Bring it. Let's put Fauci in a lineup of these guys. Here we go. Pfizer C. Oh, it's not sharing. Damn it. Let's come back. I'll just keep it here. Yeah, Pfizer CEO says normal life won't return without regular COVID vaccinations. Of course the Pfizer CEO would say that. Look at this guy. 
You trust that guy? He doesn't have a trustable face to me. Call me a paranoid schizophrenic. Robert Malone's tweets have just been getting better and better. I think the guy is realizing that he's just got to come right out with it. <laughs> Look at this. They're like, oh, well, for all those people that are having problem, they think, they think we're not taking the shot because we just don't like needles. <laughs> That's what they think. That's what people are like. They're just man up and take the shot, you pussy. I'm like, it's not about the vet. I, first of all, I hate needles for good reason. Um, but it's not about that. <laughs> Look what they're doing. Don't worry, guys. We got 3D printed vaccine patches that offer painless and more effective immunization. And we're just going to put that patch on you. I'm thinking back to Regina Dugan. You guys know Regina Dugan? Uh, she was one of the head people at DARPA. And then she migrated over the swing door into the private sector and went and worked with Facebook and Google <laughs> and China. And remember that show, I think it was like in 2006, she was on some new show and they were flaunting what she was calling wearables. She's like, we got wearables, we got inject ingestibles. And what she's talking about are these kinds of technologies that they've been working on for decades. And now they got 3D printers and CRISPR and it's just turning into a science fiction novel. But um, yeah, now they're just like, don't worry. We've got other ways that we can get this shit into you. And then we're going to start putting it in your lettuce and we're going to start putting it in your food supply and we're going to start spraying the sky with it. That's how these people think. Make no mistake, no, make no mistake about how they don't stand in the middle, okay? They're on one side of this and they are committed as fuck to their agenda, all right? So we got to know about it and we got to be aware and we got to make other people aware. I don't know why I jumped back there. Um, so there was that. So I just said, yeah, I won't take it in a jab. I won't take it from a lab. I won't take it in a patch. I won't take it from a, I won't, uh, oh, come on, stop doing this. Why is this all messed up? Okay. Here's Norway. They are parting it up. At least this place in Norway, Stavanger, 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 celebrates the end of all of, oh, it's all of Norway's COVID restrictions with a huge party and fireworks. So we got Texas, Florida, Norway, I think Denmark. Is it true in Denmark? Some other places here and there that are done with this. They're done playing pandemic. And, okay, I just said this. I'm like, the Australian police are now the new murder hornets. Look at these people. He's crazy. This is all about... I like murder hornets. So history will record them. Brown shirts, black shirts, and You should be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> here's, here's the meme to sum it all up. Don't you people understand we're doing this to protect your health? So remember, stay safe. And they're just 
beating the crap out of everybody to keep them safe, of course. <laughs> the Zulus are even out now. Look at these guys. <laughs> the Zulu warriors now. You're not going to vaccinate these people. You know, shit's getting serious. Um, oh, okay. Canada is having their version of a picnic protest in Toronto. Well done. This is the way. This is the way. Starve the beast. Tell these business owners you made a bad decision. Bending the knee. Because not all of us did. And... Yeah, you'll get shunned. Look at this. Bistro on Avenue. I don't know where it is. When we reopen on Monday, October 4th, we will not be accepting doctor's notes regarding proof of exemption from vaccines. For now, only fully vaccinated can enter our dining room. Children under 12 are exempt if they come in with fully vaccinated family. Trying to keep everybody safe, of course, right? Yeah, well, when you make those kind of announcements, you get shunned. And this is an excellent question from my buddy Slayer J-Man. Why aren't people getting temporary layoffs instead of being fired for choosing not to get vaxxed? These passports are also only supposed to be temporary, right? Have you noticed that about all of these measures? Like when they started saying, guys, there's only two weeks to stop the spread. I knew something was up because they were having businesses spend lots and lots of money to put up all these partitions and fiberglass and shower curtains everywhere and totally rearrange the stores and all these businesses had to do all these renovations and you know, that's not temporary. So do you really think that when they're firing you from your job for not taking the shot, that these passports are somehow uh, temporary permanent decisions are being made. So get out of the guys, pick a side. <laughs> this was just good. Apparently CTV news just hired captain obvious when they reported COVID-19 vaccine boosters could mean billions for drug makers. <laughs> Captain Obvious. Of course it means billions. It could mean, it could mean, like, holy Jesus. This is the biggest PR campaign in the history of the world. Oh, here's another conspiracy theory that turned out to be true. Confirmed. The FBI was indeed involved in the January 6th Capitol breach. Big surprise there. Big surprise there. Another conspiracy theory on the shelf. I should have like awards. Like I should have a shelf of trophies for every conspiracy that gets proven true. At this point, I would need a pretty big damn shelf. And I could add a lot more to my, I think I might even do that. I'm going to get trophies made with the names of all the proven conspiracy theories. And I'm going to put it in my office and just have it on display. So when my friends come over, they'll be like, oh, what's that? Is that all the tournaments you've won? I'm like, no, those are all the conspiracy theories that turned out to be true. There's more in the back. Um, here we go. Trust the doctors, right? Kelly Victory. In 2021, if someone gets admitted to the hospital with COVID-19 and dies without having been treated with some combination of vitamin D, zinc, ivermectin, HCQ, steroids, acetamycin, and blood thinners, they didn't die from COVID, they died from malpractice. 
There you go, guys. The gauntlet has been thrown. Everybody's going to be like, what about the numbers and the cases and the deaths? I mean, you can debate all the problem with the results and the stats and all that, but you could also just jump to this argument right here and be like, yeah, they're dying due to medical error, not COVID. They're dying due to medical malpractice. Yeah, it's getting closer and closer to home. A lot of people, blood clots. People are dying. This person saying it's the fourth person they personally know who died from the jab. I'm getting more people telling me stuff too. It's getting pretty thick here. Oh, did you see Bolsonaro here? Check this out. To doctors' professional autonomy in the quest by November says, this year, oh, uh, all citizens who have, chosen to, who have chosen to be vaccinated in Brazil, will be, in Brazil will duly, be duly we covered. Support we support vaccination efforts. efforts. However, my administration, my administration has, not has not supported a vaccine, a vaccine health or health passport or any other vaccine-related obligation. Vaccine -related obligation. Since the pandemic, Since started, the pandemic we started, have supported we have supported doctors, doctors professional autonomy in the quest for early treatment measures, in, measures. Line with in the line with recommendations issued by the Brazilian Federal Council of Medicine. Council of Medicine. I, myself, I myself underwent early treatment for COVID. We, of course, respect, we of course the, respect doctor the professional doctor-patient relations, relations as regards, as regards decisions, on the, decisions on the proper medication to be used and also the potential for off-label use. We cannot understand we cannot why many understand countries, countries together with a large portion of the media, took a, the media took a stance against early treatment, early treatment measures. History, I'll tell you why. And History and science will certainly be wise enough to hold everyone accountable. Ooh, are we going to get some justice? That would be nice. That would be nice. Can't have this stuff happen again, guys. Uh, the French, man. 11th Saturday in a row, these people are in the streets. Incredible. And meanwhile in Australia, this is the uh, anti-COVID unit here. We're going to fight the virus. We got sound cannons and a military police force. We're very committed to keeping you safe from your freedom. Yeah, have anybody been feeling this, Mrs. CQE? I feel like all the people I know in real life are not real. I can't hardly have conversations with my friends or family anymore. They look at me as crazy, and I look at them as sleeping. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. So this is why Norway has dropped it, is because they now are comparing COVID with the flu, says their health chief. Because the flu is going to make a comeback, guys. You watch. They just put the flu on the bench. Peter Sweden, he's a good guy to follow for some European stuff. Oh, come back. Okay, I'll finish with this. Oh, there's a couple things. Um, so this is the, <laughs> the Human Rights Commission of Ontario says that you have no human rights during whatever the government deems a pandemic. So this is the Toronto Star <clears throat> Uh, reporting that the decision to get vaccinated is voluntary and a quote person who chooses not to be vaccinated based on personal preference does not have the right to accommodation under the human rights code the ontario human rights commission said this week that's not the that's not the ontario that's not a human rights commission that's a kangaroo court right there that is pure that's you, <laughs> Again, middle ground. You either have human rights or you don't in all areas. 
especially when there is options in front of you. Like people that are like, well, no, you don't have a right because you're putting others at risk. Who's putting others at risk right now? Everybody getting this jab is still shedding it to other people and people are still getting sick. In fact, if you look at the hospitalizations in August of 2020 versus August of 2021, your mind will be blown. How did the virus get even worse? All the hand sanitizer, all the signs, all the masks, all the shots, all the shit we did, all the businesses we closed. And it's like 20 times worse this year than it was last year. What's the definition of insanity? And then this was good to see. Peel Region Police. So Peel Region is in Toronto. I was actually, uh, I lived in Peel Region. I trained a lot of these cops in jujitsu, in martial arts in Peel Region. Uh, Peel Region Police will not be enforcing vaccine passports. We're relieved to hear this and we encourage the other departments to consider the impact that following this mandate could have. So it was good to see that. Thanks to Police on Guard for the for reposting it. Here, I'll finish on this one. That's the meme of the day. <laughs> you still believe the government and the media? I'm not even mad. That's amazing. All right, guys. Well, that is my little prezzo. Um, how you guys doing? You still here? Toronto Star is Satan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Nostrad Alex is saying, been here for a while, didn't comment, just listening. Wanted to say Veritas just posted a new video about Johnson & Johnson shot. Oh, yeah, I was waiting for that. I was hoping I'm going to go check that out. I was excited. Yeah, they're going to go through it one by one. Drip, drip, flood, guys. We're going to wake people up. You watch. So, yeah, consider that. Gave you a little bit of deep thinking here today. Um, I hope it added some value and a little bit of news. Keep following me on social media. We can uh, hang out there. If I don't always get back to you with chats, I apologize. There's a lot coming in. and um, But I still appreciate it. And... You can find me Telegram, Gab, Twitter. It's all at DW Truth Warrior. Please go to cultofthemedics.com. Help me share that. Get it out as far and wide as possible. Um, stay tuned. I'll have more affirmative announcements on if I can get Chapter 3 out on October 1st, which will be Friday. I'm very much going to laser focus in and try to get this polished up for you. Cutting no corners. Um, so I'll do that. And when I release it, I will live stream it. So we could be looking at a possible live stream this Friday for chapter three. Um, and then I'll just release it right away. So hopefully that will work. If not, it'll be a couple days after that, but, uh, I'll announce it on my social media pages. If you want to have more direct communication on that series, you can sign up for the email list over at cultofmedics.com. Uh, there's also a donor box link there. If you feel like it has value and you want to contribute, it's always appreciated, although not required. The number one thing I can ask of you is to please help me share it and share out this content. Um, and I greatly appreciate that. So thanks for hanging out with me today, guys. I got a lot more coming your way. Oh, I also have a lovely guest booked for Monday next week. Her name is Taya. She's a, 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 an older woman that lives close to me here who's just a beautiful, beautiful soul. And we've been meeting up and chatting and uh, she's just, she's a kindred spirit, man. She's just a firecracker. You're going to love her. You're going to love her. It's going to be a very positive show. So uh, if you want to tune in for that, that'll be next Monday's show. And uh, yeah, other than that, 
I'll catch you later. I wish you well, guys. Stay strong. Don't bend the knee. Truth wins. Cheers.